If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Better Nation? You know, there is messaging everywhere about eating healthy, but what does it actually mean? This episode focuses on holistic nutrition and healing. My special guest is Katrina Foe. She's a board-certified holistic nutritionist who knows that when we look at health, we should look at the body as a whole. Now, you might be wondering what questions we'll answer, so let me tell you. What is holistic nutrition? What do people need to know or do in order to prevent cancer? How can people find out why they have cancer and what are health issues that might be blocking your body from healing? So you see, we are getting into some real stuff on this episode. Now, whether you are just looking to start your wellness journey or already dedicated to your health, are looking to prevent health issues or dealing with chronic or serious illness, there is something in this episode for you. So I'm going to quit talking about it and let's get to the episode. See you on the other side. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, Better Nation, welcome to a brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica, and I'm your host, Dr. Erica. I'm just going to live with it. Excited is one of my favorite words. Some interpret it's overused, but hey, sometimes that word just fits. I'm excited about this episode. Now, you know, my name is Dr. Erica. I do actually have an MD. You know if you are my patient. If you're listening to this, this is for informational purposes only because this is not where I would provide medical treatment. Can you get any privacy? Somebody talking to you on a podcast. (laughs) So this is still to help you be better, do better and live better. But you know, you are my patient. And if you're my patient listening to this, you know, you are my patient because you have paid me and we have seen each other one on one. So before I go down a rabbit hole of all the ways that this is not a patient doctor relationship, Let me just tell you, we are going to have a great show today. You're still going to learn some things. As I said, it's for educational purposes only, which means there's going to be something practical that you can use in here. And I can't wait for you to actually hear it. So today, my guest is Katrina Foe. Now, number one, doesn't that name sound important? It sounds like she's doing some big stuff. Like, I feel like she's she's in charge of the world or she's going to announce the apocalypse. Like, something big. Like, she's up to something really big. I'm probably telling myself on how many apocalypse-related movies and TV shows I've watched, but I have still have not finished The Walking Dead. I'll just be honest. As you know, around season two, I decided that reading bios is not my ministry. I did get an almost perfect score on the ACT, but 
I can't. That's just not the best use of my time or skills because who can tell you more about Katrina than Katrina? But I do want to say that she is a board certified holistic nutritionist. Isn't that cool? I know I've been trying to eat healthy. So I'm looking forward to figuring out exactly what a holistic nutritionist is because I feel like there are so many different ways people are trying to redefine health services that sometimes there are so many interpretations. So I can't wait to hear what she thinks about that. But we're going to be talking about more than that. But Katrina, can you tell the people more about yourself? Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here, Erica, and you're correcting me up already. Um, So as a functional nutritionist, I have a base education as a nutritionist, and then I've done two years uh, learning how to read and interpret and create custom protocols with functional work, as well as an additional year with integrative oncology to really focus and niche down on cancer clients. Oh, wow. That is so intriguing. And it's it's interesting, the timing of this, because I always end up having a conversation about something I'm not getting paid to talk about. I feel like I should be brand ambassador for numerous things. So I just did one of those volume tests and and sent everything off to see what my macrobiome is talking about right now. But it, it is always interesting to do those because um, nobody wants to fool with their own stool. Yeah, it's not the favorite thing, but it does give us a lot of amazing insight. I know, but I have to give them credit. The packaging is wonderful, and they have improved upon the method because this is like my fifth one. So I got to give big ups to Biome. I think I need them to pay me. Nice. But I'm, I'm excited to hear more about what you do. But before we get into a little bit more of your story, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, because a lot of us, there's a lot going on and sometimes we are watching things on TV or listening to things. What are you listening to or watching the most these days? Oh, that's a big question. So I have been reading, um, the untethered soul and I'm on my second go. I just am, am going over. It's got so much in there that I've just really been sucking the marrow out of it. Yeah. Highly I'm, recommend I, it. I'm going to have to check it out. What's it about? It's about, um, kind of more your energetics and, and dealing with how you process information. I'm not doing a good job or justice to this book, but you know, in terms of the mind, the body and the soul interaction and, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with trauma and how you interact with your feelings and emotions and such. I will check it out because Audible keeps messaging me that I have two unused credits. <laughs> there you go. It's a good one. <laughs> yes. And, and that seems like that'll go well. The two, I, I actually, one of the things I do to keep myself, try to keep my brain moving is I listen to audiobooks in the morning when I'm getting ready. And my audience knows I'm a piddler. So I always give extra time. I'm, if I actually just showered, got ready, I actually am really fast, but I always decide in the morning I want to do dishes. I want to clean something. You know, every once in a while I decide I want to do a hair treatment or a facial mask. There's always something that comes up. So I give myself in general on the short end an hour and a half to two and a half hours in the morning before my official, official workday starts. And um, a couple of books ago, because I'm, I'm on one now that I think it's like who not how or something it's 
That's a great book. Oh, I read that earlier this year. Excellent book. It's interesting because honestly, this is the first book that was a collaboration that actually explained why you would do a collaboration in a book other than just having two people writing a book together. So that it was really intriguing how they actually opened with the story of how they did it and why and how Dan Sullivan gives this information, but really he didn't write the majority of the book. So it was so intriguing, but I, I found it so inspiring. I need to get to the part of the um, putting who in the budget. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Because <laughs> I'm like, the who, this sounds so great. Okay, let's let's figure out how to budget in all the who's. Because um, I can't have my mama do everything. Because my mama's free, but I have a limited amount of free who's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I redid Deep Work right before that. But what I was trying to get to was I did uh, What Happened to You with Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry right before that. Oh. Have you read 10X is Easier Than 2X? It's a, I just finished that one before this. Uh, it's by Dan Sullivan as well. It's fantastic. No, I will have to check it out because as we discussed, I have two <laughs> available credits. There you go. <laughs> one, two. And, and this is hilarious because I've been watching more. I've been getting caught up on Ahsoka. So then that makes me think of Star Wars, which makes me think of Republic credits. So, um, so yes. <laughs> This is going to be one of those days you're going to get all of the creative, random inner workings of my mind, and I'm just letting everyone know, please expect it, because it's coming. That's the kind of day I'm having, but sometimes it's kind of interesting. Uh, definitely. So I know you, you talked about part of this nutritionist, I don't want to call it a nutritionist situation, <laughs> but but I also know you have some some other passions, especially around cancer. Can you share your story around that? Yeah. So I, I did not go into cancer. I was drawn into it. So I had my own cancer journey and I addressed everything. I had breast cancer and addressed mm -hmm. it all hundred percent natural, um, which was not the, the path most frequently chosen. And the whole process just blew my mind in terms of how the body can heal and how important food is um, and, and all the different modalities that we can use and the amazing functional testing. I had no idea that all this functional testing mm -hmm. was even out there. And so selfishly for, for myself, I went back to school to learn more because I just, I couldn't help it. It was so fascinating to me. And then as I went through my training, it was just, I couldn't stop talking about it. And People were demanding to work with me. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And one thing led to another, um, and I am just so passionate about this. And it it really needs to get out there to the world that there are other options for cancer that are very um, successful and very helpful. And at the end of the day, you know, no matter what path you choose, whether it's standard of care, um, you know, alternative or some kind of integrative blend, um, it's really important to get down to what are the root cause drivers. Like what, what was going wrong with your body to throw it off so that it couldn't take care of cancer cells that are in everyone's body itself, the way it's meant to. And, you know, so I, I tell people, even if you've done standard care and you're all clear, like you need to go back and do the functional work so that it doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. Now what I'm, 
number one, I'm just so happy that you are a survivor. Not that you got it. Me that too. Sucks. But it's the things I've seen lately. It's it, it's a among my good friends would say it's great to see you above ground. It's Thank great you. to be above ground. So I'm I'm glad that that was not the end to your story. Just another chapter. Yeah. So are my kids. <laughs> How old are your kids? I have seven kids, uh, ages four to 16. Oh, you are busy. Yeah. That's how I get everything done. They're such good helpers. I couldn't do all this without them. Oh, great. I actually have a cousin with seven kids. There you go. Um, And they are the sweetest kids. Some of them are grown now, but it's, it's like I know how much effort it takes to manage my life and I am me alone, no kids. It just amazes me the ability of people to <laughs> manage the lives of that many people and to raise good humans um, by training. I'm also a child and adolescent psychiatrist, so um, I have also seen parenting go wrong. I'm sure you have, yeah. Uh, so it's to me, there's there's something really special about devoting the time and energy and holding space so that you can create good humans. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. They're, it's such a blessing to have them around and to see them grow up and get to be a part of it. Now, how, how old were they when you were diagnosed with cancer? Yeah, so I found the lump. I was actually nursing baby number five. Um, oh, my Lord. And I had a mastitis. And when the mastitis was clearing up, I realized that there was still a golf ball size lump there that I had thought was part of the mastitis, um, but it wasn't. And it turned out after some digging in that it was cancerous, which completely shocked me. I was 37 years old and I did not see that coming. Well, and how old was the baby that you were nursing? It was around his first birthday. So it was towards the end of his, his nursing time. Anyways, he got, he got some good, good milk, but, um, it was still, it was just shocking. It was, yeah. it was not expected at all. So how, cause I, I, I know from a position of being a physician that there are times I have to deliver, deliver bad news. How was it, how did it feel when, when you're sitting in the office and someone tells you that you have cancer? Well, when I got my diagnosis, um, I'm just going to be really open with you. I, I was thinking that that might be the answer because I, I have struggled with bipolar for since I was a teenager. Oh, wow. And I'm like, there's my out. And I wrestled with it. And I'm like, no, I'm not done. I'm going to fight this. And the, the beautiful thing is going through this whole process, I found nutritional tools that allowed me to put not only the cancer in remission, but it also, I found that it puts my bipolar in remission. So I have been free of any bipolar symptoms for many years now. And that has been, to me, the ultimate, even bigger blessing than getting to have this new career and bless others is that I get to live a happy, healthy life now. I wish I could hug you through the screen. I'm feeling that. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I, you all can't see my little fingers. Um. This is where you kind of do like hug fingers, but then if you turn them this way, they're they're spirit fingers and jazz hands. 
is it kind of weird that <laughs> yeah that dip dip depending on the position but I, I appreciate you being transparent enough to share that because I I know I've had so many conversations with so many people and part of what hurts my heart the most working in my other hat as a psychiatrist is when when people have difficulty seeking care or participating in their care because they legitimately honestly just feel like it's not going to get better. Yeah. So I hear that so often, unfortunately, mm-hmm. where people feel like they're kind of like, well, why should I do anything? It's not going to get better. There's nothing that's going to make this better. Um, and just seeing people hurt and have their, to me, a lot of mental health feels like someone's soul was injured. Yeah. That's honestly, I, I have that on my intake form because I want to know right at the outset, what do you have to live for? Like, are you fighting? Are you actually going to join me in this fight? Because there are, there's so many people with cancer that they're just, they sit back and they're passive and they don't want to engage in the process because I think somewhere deep down there, they don't really want to. And this is hard, whether you're doing standard of care or integrative or alternative, it's a hard fight and you have to be a hundred percent engaged and take responsibility for your role in it. Um, And I see cancer as an opportunity to make those changes in your life that your body is asking for. Um, It's been a huge growing event for me and I just encourage other people to enter into it. And you bring out a huge point because it, it's important for cancer, but it's important for almost everything that has to do with health is the thing I, I like to tell people and the thing I have to remind myself because um, I'll be transparent. We'll, we'll do trans. We'll yeah. go back and forth is I had the best body of my life, like between 41 and 43. I was hot. I was smoking <laughs> hot. Woo. <laughs> And then life happened. And then you you get around. We started at the beginning of the pandemic. I was riding my Peloton five days a week and got super sexy and then just put on weight. But one of the things I had to think of, I'm finally losing some of it now, is, is reminding myself that all the times I've been in my highest level of health, it was not convenient. Hmm. And one of the things I tried to talk to people about is, when you're making these decisions and doing these things to prioritize yourself, there are going to be some, there are some ways to make things that are healthy fun, but there are times where the choice of what's going to be the best for your body isn't the most fun choice. Well put. Yeah. It's going (laughs) against the grain. And I tell my clients every bite you eat every, you know, lifestyle choice. What time am I going to go to bed? Am I going to do this sauna? You know, those are all votes like for your health or against it. And it's, there's not a lot of neutral and you have a lot of power, but you have to choose it and you have to be intentional because if you just go along with all the things the the way you're supposed to live life, if you will today, it's not going to take you in a good place. And it's hard. I I think that's one of the things that's really tough is it's hard. I I try to do what I ask my patients to do so that if someone looks at me and says, did you do such such, I could say, yeah, 
you know, I one of my patients yep. was having some issues watching too much Netflix. I was going through a space of watching a little bit too much Netflix. I said, what we're going to do is neither of us going to watch all this and we are going to bed at this time and I'm not going to snooze anymore if you don't snooze. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And it's so important because I really feel I, a lot of my clients make comments of like, the reason I chose you, you know, something along the lines of that, it made a big impact that I've done the stuff that they're supposed to do. I've walked the walk. And it's, I think that's so important to have people in your life when you're dealing with issues that you have a role model for and that you can really connect with that you're not alone in doing these hard things because it's hard enough by itself. It is. And I won't lie. There were, I went to a, a 85th birthday party last weekend they had strawberry cake. I'm in the South. <laughs> red red velvet cake. Hot peach cobbler and apple pie. Ooh. I managed to not eat any dessert. Woo! <laughs> that... Or fried chicken or mac and cheese. That's hard. <laughs> well, you know, you, 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 I can't sit here and say I'm tired of having a middle-aged body and... The thing I, I realized, and I was having a conversation with someone, they're like, you can splurge. The problem is there's always something going on. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, you'd be like, I'm only going to do it this time. Well, then, you know, your family gets together, your friends get together. You walk by some great restaurant that you love. There's some gathering, some, there's always something. You travel. There's always something. And at some point, you have to just decide what the priority is, is the priority, the warm peach cobbler, you know, the blueberry pancakes. Um, I love blueberry pancakes. Yeah. Um, well, and that's where hopefully, you know, a cancer diagnosis gives people a little more motivation, but it, you would think it doesn't always. And so I view my job is to help them really be strategic you know, with doing the functional testing, we can see like, you know, clearly you can't do every modality, every supplement out there. Let's pick the ones specific to you that are really going to help zoom in. Um, and then how can you have some of those fun treats? What are you missing so that you can really get into a therapeutic ketosis state, but still like life, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed and having those special treats in a healthy way, you know, a lot of times can make it doable. Indeed. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for What's Up with Dr. Erica. Now, I previously mentioned that my themes for this year are intentionality and forgiveness, but I've recently realized that I have a one more. I don't want to just be courageous, but I want to do it audaciously. So what does that mean, you may be thinking? Audacious courageousness refers to a bold and fearless quality characterized by a willingness to take risks and confront challenges with bravery, determination, and confidence. It embodies the ability to act with daring and resilience in the face of adversity or uncertainty, often pushing boundaries and defying conventional expectations to achieve ambitious goals and ideas. You can see I'm thinking big this year. I encourage you to think of your personal themes so that you will have continuous inspiration to be better, do better, and live better. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. So I, I know you have a lot of experience. So what, what do you feel that people need to know or do in order to prevent cancer? 
Yeah. Well, the base thing with cancer is that it's not one thing. It's not just one thing is going mm-hmm. wrong. And I think that's where, you know, not only standard of care, but alternative care is kind of getting it. They're missing it. Um, we know that cancer is a multifactorial approach, you know, or disaster, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, and we need to be looking at all those things. So when you've got some little symptoms here and little symptoms there and you kind of ignore them, you know, they pile up on each other and create this perfect storm of things that are going to mess up and derail that immune system so that it allows the cancer to develop. So if we can prevent and, and start to address and peel off those issues, you know, women, it is not normal to have brain fog period. Mm. Like it is not normal to have hot flashes. These are not normal things. It is not normal to be, you know, not able to lose weight. There are reasons. And with functional medicine, we can peel those off. And yeah, it's nice to lose some weight or feel like your brain's lit up and stuff. But those are side benefits. The big thing is that you are taking many, many steps back away from that ledge of the cancer diagnosis. How did you discover or get on the pathway to looking at functional and integrative solutions, not only as something you would do to help other people, but when you are having your own cancer journey? Ooh, that's a good question. So this is what I used with my own cancer journey. Before my cancer journey, we had had as a family some health crises. Uh, My oldest daughter had some serious tooth decay. Um. Yeah, she was three years old and she said a tooth hurt and I took her in and they said, the pediatric dentist said she needed eight fillings and three baby root canals. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you need to stop feeding her soda pop and candy bars. I'm like, she has never had that. And they're just looking at me like I'm a liar, like whatever lady. Mm -hmm. So I got like four more second opinions. And they all kind of said the same thing. And I, I realized like something is wrong. Something is going on with her body that she's not absorbing these minerals. Like she's not saying they're eating junk food. So we did some diet modifications and worked on her gut very intensively. And we did the whole family. The whole family did it all together with her. And we turned it around. And she, you know, it, it was huge. And I really saw firsthand that diet matters, like in an extreme way. So when the cancer came, we had done a lot of stuff. We were making our own toiletries. We had moved out to the country to get away from pollution, EMFs. We raised our own meat animals. Like we had done like a lot of stuff. Mm. So when I say like, I didn't understand how this happened to me, I'm serious. Like I was doing all the stuff, but I hadn't done any testing. I didn't know anything about what was really going on. You know, I'm taking vitamin D, but I had never tested my vitamin D. So I didn't really know that my levels were still in the toilet because I have some genetic SNPs that don't allow me to, you know, transform the vitamin D to an active state very well. So digging in um, with, with the cancer gave me an opportunity to dive into that and see all of what was going on. And, and there was a lot going on that I had no idea about. And how was it like, because it sounds like there have been numerous times where your your family went on these journeys together. How how was it like dealing with your kids or, or su- finding ways to support them while you're dealing with that at the same time? Because I'm, I'm sure they weren't like, hey, you got cancer, all right. Yeah, well, a lot of them were young enough that they 
they don't, they didn't fully know and understand the implications. So I'm going to give them that. Um, We homeschool them. So they didn't, they don't have a lot of the other outside influence quite as much. So with the food journeys, you know, we had fun with the food, even if we had restrictions and like, okay, we're not eating this food or we're not eating that food. I worked really hard with them collaboratively. So they're in the kitchen with me. Like, let's see if we can recreate something, you know, that's a certain favorite meal or something. And honestly, uh, with the cancer, you know, there were times when I was doing detox work where I was kind of dead on the couch. And one of the most beautiful gifts cancer gave me was that I let go of control and I, I couldn't do the cooking. And I let my kids start doing the cooking and I'm listening and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Oh, nope, stop doing that. You know, but what they created, I was shocked with. I'm like, oh my goodness, you can cook way better than I thought. And, you know, so I let them have free reign in the kitchen now. And sometimes it still gets a little expensive when they use ingredients that yeah. maybe are not the cheapest in ways that maybe I wouldn't have chosen. But the things they come up with, oh my goodness, I am just so delighted and tickled. And I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't have let go and let them... And if they hadn't have been on that journey with me. Sounds like you may have needed to hide some truffle oil. <laughs> you know what? It's usually the keto chocolate. They love uh-huh. to make really fun like chocolates and desserts and um, fun stuff. That's where we get in trouble. <laughs> that is so precious. And I, I love that you brought that out because it's one of the one of the things I talk a, a lot about with a lot of people I work with too, is it's, I'm like, you've got these kids. Why do they get to sit around and do absolutely nothing in the house? It's like, you're killing yourself. And these kids are, they are literally living their best lives thinking that they get to play games and, and hang out and, and have almost no chores. I'm like, put them in the kitchen. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of kids need to learn life skills you know, I'm not going to take a three-year-old and say, you know, go use a, a huge chef's knife and do all this stuff in there. But I think it's one of those things where you you learn what you're exposed to. Yeah. But also then everyone gets to pitch in and, and learn how some of these things can actually be fun, but they can't be fun if you never do them. I'm going to, I a hundred percent wholeheartedly agree with you, like to an extreme point. And I'm going to piggyback on that and take it a little further where the kids I have found feel like they're part of the family. They feel their worth when they see that they can contribute. You know, they, my kids do all the laundry and the cooking and the cleaning. And that's how I get things done because they're, they're helping and they're there. I mean, now granted, my kids are still done with school and all their chores by noon. So they have mm-hmm. plenty of playtime. Um, so I'm not like some slave driver, but again, there's seven of them so we can disperse it. Yeah. But they, they know. And when they get out on their own, they are going to know how to do laundry and clean and cook. And um, my daughters, I, I have four older daughters. Uh, the oldest are all girls and they, they're amazing. They can do all the meal planning and stuff. And I, I brag on them all the time because I'm so I'm so tickled by what they come up with. And I will say every once in a while they come up with something that's kind of weird. Like one of them put, I think it was basil and cinnamon on roast cauliflower. And I was like, no, but 99% of the time, it's just amazing. Yes. It, it's amazing the thing cinnamon goes well with, but no, I wouldn't have thought basil. But no. you never know until you try it. Sometimes exactly. you- 
you, you try something, you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah, they've done a lot of things that I was like, I wouldn't do that. And then they, they do it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that was good. I'm glad you didn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I, I know we've been talking about um, some of this functional lab testing. Can you explain to people, um, my listeners out there in Better Nation, what are some examples of functional labs? What makes them different than just regular lab labs? Yeah, so I do regular lab labs, meaning like blood work. Um, my blood work that I do with clients is very extensive. So it's a lot more than just a CBC and a, a metabolic panel, maybe a lipid panel. Um, you know, we're diving into a lot of advanced um, markers, which are so awesome to have access to because they give us a, a lot of details about the body and we can see how they connect. Now with that, the difference with the functional perspective is that when you're looking at it, um, MD is looking at it, they're looking at the lab ranges and they make the lab ranges, get this, they take an average of all the people that take the test and they get two standard deviations. So it has nothing to do with how the person feels or where healthy is. And so with the functional ranges, they're very tight and it's really about where people are healthy. It has nothing to do with the average. Um, so they're quite different than the lab ranges. So that's one big difference. Um, I'm also looking at a lot of labs that uh, are not being trained in a medical school. So we do, like you said, the stool test. We'll look for pathogens and um, digestive function. Um, I look at genetics. So these are the low penetrance genes, the ones that are very influenceable by diet and lifestyle. So things you can do something about and turn them on epigenetically and such. Um, hormones. So I'm using with hormones, instead of using blood, we're using either dry urine, that's my preference, or saliva, so that we get the most accurate mm -hmm. view of what's going on with the hormones, as well as, you know, with the cycling female, I want to see the entire cycle, not just one day. With the adrenals, I want to see the entire day at different times, not just one value. Um, toxins. This is where people are not looking a lot, and this is a huge driver. I mean, so there are known carcinogens. You know, you hear people talk about like something, you know, carrageenan is a known carcinogen or mold's a known carcinogen. Well, why if somebody has cancer, are we not looking to see what the known carcinogens are in their life and get them out before, you know, we think that they're going to be fine without changing anything? It's crazy. So we test and see like heavy metals. Um, we look at non-metal chemicals, things like BPA and such. And then we look for mold. And I'm going to tell you, mm. this is crazy, but I had mold as part of my uh, cancer journey. Very, very high levels of carcinogenic molds, um, which was one of the big drivers. We had moved into a house that had toxic mold about eight months before I had my cancer. But when I, of all my cancer clients, I test them all for mold and only one has not had mold. Oh, wow. Like this is a big thing and people are not talking about it and they're not training doctors um, in the medical schools about this. Um, and then, I mean, those are those are the basic tests that I run. And then I feel like I'm missing one, but there there's a lot there. The big thing, other big thing is the mental emotional component, which, mm. you know, I do an ACE test, which is the adverse childhood events mm -hmm. to see, you know, trauma from their childhood. But Really, it's about talking to the client and digging in and making sure that whether it's, you know, talk therapy, energetic work, you know, whatever it is that they choose to do, that they do something 
because usually about a year before uh, the cancer diagnosis, there's something that's happened that has deeply hurt that cancer client's heart. Um, something sometimes it's something they know their father died, you know, and it was very traumatic for them. And sometimes it's something you have to dig into, but it's really important to not uh, miss that as well. I've the interesting thing is I've actually done some of these tests. I've them. I've had the sit and you had to keep the little cards and let the urine cards dry all day. Yeah, the it. Dutch test. <laughs> That's what happens when you have good friends. One of my good friends is a naturopathic, one of the top naturopathic physicians in the country. So, so I actually, I actually live in a, an ecosystem with a bunch of people that do functional and integrative medicine, actually. That's fantastic. Um, And it's actually picking up, it's not always in med school, but it's picking up as far as in people training in it later. um, Yeah. Just because I think people are really realizing the importance of functional medicine. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. And they've they're having new tests come out and better tests every day, which is very exciting. I actually worked as faculty for a company that does those training um, post, you know, your basic training mm-hmm. for several years, and it's unbelievable how often we were having to change the curriculum and update everything because there's so much new research coming out and new tests coming out, which is is awesome and overwhelming all at once. Well, it's it's an exciting it's an exciting time for medicine. I feel like with a lot of these new advances, then it's giving a, a lot more a lot more options for people, um, and especially for people that are motivated to take action. Absolutely, so, some of these things they're they're great, but it you know I run into the people too that all they want's a pill. They don't want to do anything. You'll be like, aren't you sure you could do this? No, just give me a pill. Do you want to talk about? No, just give me a pill. (laughs) But I I, I do have a great number of people that are actually willing to do something. And I love that there are some options now for people, people that are are, are really willing to, to take some other steps to take control of their health. Yeah. And unfortunately, the magic pill thing, it... It sounds so good. Like I would love it if there was a magic pill and there just isn't. That's not how our body works. Our body is so much more complicated. And until you get to that root cause and and really find those drivers, you know, when we're talking about cancer of these areas, but usually there's six to eight of them. I mean, you can't get coverage of that many things with one pill. Yeah. And the pills change. (laughs) And they have side effects and yeah. Mm -hmm. And people that work with me know my my thought about medication is minimum medication for maximum effect. So everyone in my private practice is then actually on medication. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. And, and the base is that your most powerful medication is every bite you take when you're having your meals. And people aren't seeing the benefit of that. I mean, even if you're doing something like chemotherapy, the research is showing dramatically, like if you are going into that in a fasted ketogenic state is far more uh, easier for the actual cancer cells to uptake that chemotherapy so it's more effective. Um, Mm -hmm. So diet does matter. Better with Dr. Erica. 
Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Better with Dr. Erica. Before we switch into speed round, because at some point, as much as I love the Katrina foe, I can't keep her here all day, but I would love to. It would be great to. What health issues might be blocking people's bodies from healing? Um, Like I said, the toxins are the area that I think people are most blindsided by. Uh, Mold Mm -hmm. is very, very common. Uh, And people say, oh, I live in Phoenix or, you know, oh, I don't, I don't have a new house. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You need 48 hours and a good HVAC system will mess you up pretty, pretty well in terms of mold. Um, but looking at those toxins and usually those tests are really not about, you know, the detox aspect. It's almost more, well, some of them are, the mold would be, but it's about making sure you get out of the environment, stop mm-hmm. the inflow. And so when people can look in their toiletries, look in their you know, house, what is, are they being exposed to that is not serving them? That's really powerful. Now, what is, because I know the one, this, this is a side question. I told y'all, y'all are going down all the rabbit holes with me today. That I know you talked about toiletries and those kinds of things. And, you know, you walk into any of the stores, everybody's big. They're like, this is clean beauty. Yeah. What, what is your favorite toiletry that you feel like is good for your body? Like if there's one thing that you're like, this is it, or, or something that you make, what is the one that you feel like, I love this one? Well, I'm a little biased, but my daughter makes some really awesome chapsticks and it's coconut oil. Um, it's got the, the shea butter and then it's got the beeswax and then we put some essential oils in it. So it's Mm -hmm. like super simple. I believe the recipe is on wellness mama. Um, the other thing I love is the Buddha butter. Again, it's this amazing, delicious, like it, it the base is cocoa butter. So it smells mm-hmm. like chocolate and it just, it's luscious on your skin and it's everything you, in it you could eat, you know? So having things that I feel good about that I could eat that if my toddler gets into and she does eat, it's all good. Oh. Like that's where I feel really great about it. I am loving that. And I'm so sad that we're going to have to turn a corner and go to the speed round because at some point I got to speed you out of here. <laughs> well, let's do it. Indeed. So what is the best compliment that you've received? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably have to say um, I've heard several clients say things along the lines of they feel heard when they work with oh. me. And to me, that just makes me feel like, okay, yes, I'm doing something right. Cause that's how I wanted to be treated when I was a client and, you know, just as a person. So I, I really appreciate that one. Oh, I love it. I'm here for that. The next one is what is one piece of advice that you'd like to tell your younger self? <laughs> so many things coming to mind. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned that I wish I knew earlier was just to chill out. Like I, I tend to, 
want everything done yesterday. And I, I just, I still struggle with that. Like, so the patience of like, things are coming in the time they're supposed to come. Got it. And the last one is, what is your superpower? Okay, Other than getting your kids to cook. This one's easy. This is what I have people ask me a lot about, but I have um, an ability to get things done in a, like a lot of things. Um, and I love that. And it's funny. I think my dad was like that. Um, just getting a lot of projects done in a very short amount of time. And I don't quite know how I do it. That's why I think it's more of a superpower. Oh, and see, you must have known the follow-up was like, what is the secret? And you're like, there is none. It just happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I had some, I'd probably say my kids. They're totally my behind the scenes, how I get, you know, they're, they're definitely a helper with that. But getting things done and um, it's definitely, yeah. Definitely. I'm seeing now, now this picture of your kids being like cute little minions running around <laughs> like from Despicable Me. <laughs> There you go. I'm sure they would love hearing that. But I mean, like my oldest, she edits my my uh, recordings and stuff for courses mm. and things. And they all help out. My third oldest, she did the the artwork on my book cover. You know, so they, they help out. They love to be part of things and stuff. And I love that. That is so precious. So do you have any final takeaways that you want to take or tell Better Nation? I just have a passion to get the word out there to, you know, for people to be intentional that there, there are choices that they're making that are either leading them towards better health or away. And, you know, whatever road they want to work on it, but just to be aware of it, to be intentional because life goes fast. And, you know, we, I'm, my dad is 88 and he is in a memory care facility and, oh. you know, watching him his brain decline. And he was such a, a powerful man, but you know, I, I know now what he could have done differently and, and what he should be doing. And it's, it's too late kind of, it's too hard to turn that around at that point. But you know, the things that I can do are very obvious and I'm going to do them because I don't want to end up there. And you know, at, at middle age, we have that ability still, which is beautiful. I am 100% here for it. See, so you're taking me back to spending quality time. My um, my stepmother passed of dementia, so I've done a lot of quality time in the memory care unit. And I'm not going to go down the side, the rabbit hole of existential questions of the soul and the spirit in the midst of dementia. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very much. Yeah, it, it starts becoming very existential. Um, but I will, I'm sending some positive energy because that's that's just a really tough position to be in. Oh, thank you. I've been blessed to have some good little peek through moments and really get some meaningful comments from him that have really touched okay. my heart. So I feel very oh, good. grateful. Okay. Now, where can the people find you or how can they find you? I assume you want to be found. Oh, I do. Yes. Um, I'm on Instagram, just my name, Katrina Foe. Uh, my website is cancerfreedom.com. And I will drop you a link. Um, I have a free ebook if your listeners oh. are interested, uh, The Roadmap to Prevent Cancer Recurrence. So it goes over a lot of the stuff that we talked about today of you know, how you can prevent and reverse and work on these issues so that you don't have to you know, be a victim if you don't want to. Well, thank you. Look at her coming with the gifts, and I'm going to give it to my aunt and see if she'll listen and do anything. But 
We'll see. I don't know if she'll listen to this episode. If I could just get her to not eat so much sugar, I would be happy. That's a big thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how is there this many sugary snacks in here? <laughs> right. And you're a cancer survivor and you don't need this much sugar. Yeah, and we know that cancer is a metabolic disease and it's it's hard watching it, but yeah, they got that way and, and it's they have to want it because every bite is like is significant. Um, my bad. I will not say my aunt's name out loud. You know, I love you. <laughs> All right. So first I just have to say thank you, Katrina, for being the best guest ever. I had such a wonderful time. You'll be able to find her information in the episode description. But if you are just listening and you just want to know, uh, foe is spelled F-O-E. Like but I'm friendly. Like friend or foe. She's the foe that is your friend. Exactly. All right now. Um, but thank you so much, Katrina, for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us. And the next I have to just say thank you to all you listeners in Better Nation, whether this is your first listen or you have been a devoted listener. I am happy to have you. It is a blessing. But the best thing is I have to say congratulations to you. You took some time out just for yourself so you can be better, do better and live better. And I am happy for you. And I am here to support and encourage you. My final words, you know, you know how I am with this set of quote cards from the Target who is not paying me money either. I need to do better. This one says the question should be, is it worth trying to do? Not can it be done by Allard Lowenstein. And at the end of the day, a lot of what we've been talking about today is you can't limit yourself in your head before you even try stuff. Um, I have a, I have a, I don't know if it's a second or third cousin that acts like my dad's brother and his, his mantra is never tell yourself, no, make someone else do it. But when it, when it comes to starting to prioritize and take care of your health and wellness, which also will help you feel better financially, spiritually, and from an interpersonal relationship side and your mental health, all of that, to do all of it together. Um, it's part of the reason we had the better seven is that you have to be willing to try. Sometimes it doesn't go exactly the way you want, but you'll, you'll never get there if you don't try. So I, I want you to ask yourself that question. Is it worth trying to do? And if it's worth trying to do, try. A lot of times the, the fear of trying psychs us out before we even try. And it's okay. Sometimes we try and it doesn't work and we try again or we try something else or we learn something. It's one of the reasons there are trials in the scientific method. You got to try. Can't get the data if you don't try. So I just want to encourage you to, to try to Start trying to prioritize yourself. Start trying to take care of your health. Start do a try and set up all those health maintenance appointments that are annoying the trying to schedule time for your colonoscopy or prostate exams, your annual well woman exams, your mammograms, your yearly, at least yearly labs, all those things you need to be doing, your physical. 
just baseline stuff. Go ahead and do it. And if you're having some functional issues, you know, there are all those other people that can be in your wellness team from acupuncturists and chiropractors to naturopathic physicians, energy workers, um, nutritionists. There's a wide variety of people that can support your health. And I just want to encourage you to start thinking of supporting and prioritizing the health, your health the same way you would for a task you have at your job. Because almost everybody will do stuff with work. Now, there are some people out there that are a little shady and they, you know, they get stuff they need to do at work and they're like, whatever, I'm just going to be on TikTok. But the average person will do what they're supposed to do at work, but we don't often follow through with what we need to do for ourselves. And I'm here to help put you back in your life and part of putting you back in your life is putting you back in your health. So thank you so much. If you like what you heard, do me a favor. I got a couple little housekeeping things. You can share this. Don't let us be the best kept secret. Katrina Foe can't be baby in the corner. <laughs> so, so tell people. It could be anybody. Just tell anybody about the podcast. The next is, um, can you please rate and review? That helps me get even more content for you. So there's a little button that says rate. and you Just give me five stars. Let's do it like Uber. And you can write reviews. And the other is, please follow. You know I like to drop bonuses. And you'll get notified of the bonuses in every new episode. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I'm just so happy to be here. I need you to take your left hand, put it on your right arm, take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself one big squeeze unless you're driving because we're just not going to do that. I need you to be safe. And until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, Tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.